So, hello again. I'm very happy to be back. At, as I said, at 10.30, we're going to be live here. And the subject itself, it might be hard for those listening, but it might be informative and to cope with some mechanism and to find out how to be, I don't know, to release a bit the impact that we have under the uh, traumatic events going around with the news and everything. So, you know, that a notification, news alert, we instinctively reach for our phones almost automatically. Even when we try to take a break from this gadget, we are um, often quickly drawn back into a spiral of bad news, violence, war, various crises dominating the news stream and the successive transition that we have. Um, as I already had the time to speak to the, the specialist who is the guest today in the studio, the pandemic somehow was followed by the war in the Ukraine, followed by earthquakes, natural disasters, and now the war in the Middle East, which basically doesn't allow us to, to breathe in between of them. And uh, the news is overflowing with the emotional effect of images. And today we would like to explore the psychological effect of social media, of constant influx of distressing information. And our guest today is Mr. Kasher Pazuki, neuroscientist, um, a psychotrauma therapist, and together we hope to find strategies to maintain our mental health well-being in the face of adversity. Thank you very much for saying yes to the conversation, Mr. Pazuki, and welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Good morning. Your vo voice is very pleasant for the radio, by the way. Thank you. Um, yes, it's a hard subject and we already have a bit of minutes before to talk about this that actually somehow started with the COVID. I don't know if it was before, but the brain somehow changed after after this because it gave us the first time a totally different change, uh, something new to, to our brains. What happened actually new, from a neuroscientist point of view with us after, after this crisis? Um. It is a very complex uh, subject to talk about um, since it is not just the uh, issue of the virus. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not basically at all yes. about the virus because if, if, if we just consider how many people died because of the virus, we are at about 1% of the society. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's, it's just really... A little, little, little amount of people that were really concerned with it. But of course, we had other impacts. And uh, uh, the biggest impact, I guess, was something that the brain always needs in order to be healthy and to be functional. Uh, and also the psychology needs to be healthy and functional. Yes, which means working which day by day, having activities. Exactly. You know, suddenly to just, stopped. To just... Uh, do whatever you have mm -hmm. to do in order to get over your daily life in a good manner, right? Yes. So to adapt to your daily tasks and whatever needs to be done. Um, that's considered functional and uh, adaptive, right? So you always have a strategy to whatever the nature, whatever the day gives to you uh, to resolve. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is, you know, what happens the brain of the people, I guess, was impacted on, on three different uh, uh, areas, which the brain needs for this adaptation and for functionality. So the first thing was the certainty. The second was security. And the third was orientation. Mm -hmm. So having said that, let's put it in an example. You need some certainty about things 
that gives you the feeling and the state of being of security. When you are secure, when you feel secure, well, then, you know, you are going to look at things, do things, you know, go forward, orient yourself towards some goals, as we say, you know, and just keep on advancing. And that's development, Mm -hmm. right? Now, what happens was uh, the way politicians uh, started to deal with uh, COVID Mm -hmm. uh, and at points, at some some point of times, the the obsessive compulsive way of handling this issue, okay, um, and making even some parts of this issue to become a disaster, mm-hmm. which it never was at the time and never became at any time. That took away those three factors. So no certainty, basically uncertainty, mm-hmm. insecurity, and loss of orientation. And also how mass media projected this, exactly. which is a big factor. Exactly. Because, see, mass media needs something to uh, be interesting. Mm-hmm. The mass media is not going to bring some news about the cat of the neighbor. Yes. Nobody's interested to know anything mm-hmm. about it, right? So you got to have some subject, some topic that is really interesting. Now, the politicians want to be heard. And and another effect that I really do critic, that's my criticism to my colleagues from the scientific world, uh, no matter from which part of the scientific world. So which paradigm? Is it medicine? Is it uh, virology? Is it psychology? Is it whatsoever it is? See, what, what happened there is that people... So scientists that were working in laboratories, mm-hmm. so nobody knew they're even there, now all of a sudden become the most famous people in the society and they have a voice. Yes. And they have to use this voice in order to become famous. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is something even, it's not a, and I'm not saying this, this was their uh, intention to do so mm-hmm. it's absolutely unintentionally it's good that you mentioned that because we are talking today about how the bad news are influencing our ba- brain and somehow mm-hmm. people should understand that the information is there actually also with the purpose of someone to be used or in there or to be promoted throughout the news so they should understand that it's not actually to give them an information then also to to i don't know to grabbing the spotlight to someone. So we have to be aware of that. So what is the actual impact of the traumatic events on our brain? Because we now, we didn't even have time. You said we, we don't have time to adapt because things are, are happening fast. And what happens in this case when the brain doesn't have time to adapt the changes? Well, see, many things are happening worldwide. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it started, as you said, with the COVID, for example. Yes. And then we had some other... Uh, Ukrainian climate war, climate related changes, or yeah. whatever related uh, interruptions and, and issues. Then uh, we had the Ukraine and Russia war. Then we have this uh, issue now with uh, Palestine and Israel. Uh, well, let me let me take that one last example mm-hmm. and put out something to the people. Let's think about it. Why is it all of a sudden? Such an issue with Palestine and Israel if the whole thing is ongoing over 45 years. Yes. We have this issue and now all of a sudden, you know, it becomes 
something if if we want to feel about it, mm-hmm. you feel about it like a world war, like like the Third World War is coming. Yes. Okay. So it has something to, something to do with how you put it out to the people. So the news, politicians, and then the media, and the access to the information. Exactly. The exactly. And and how often uh, a certain news, a certain issue mm-hmm. is being showed or talked about that goes back to uh in neuroscience we call it mere exposure effect Mm -hmm. okay mere exposure effect is an effect that basically means the more you put something out to the brain you are going to normalize it and the brain is going to accept it as something like a truth Mm -hmm. like a reality like uh yeah this is it okay and it's going to get used to it as well all right so what politics, uh, and I don't want to get too much into that, but just to say what politics want to do, they want to manipulate people because of their own interests, mm-hmm. okay? So they are jungling and playing with different information, sometimes changing information a bit, uh, put it in another perspective whatsoever, and then put it out to the media. And the media is basically the voice of the politicians, so they're going to put it out to the people. True. Sure. None, absolutely none, and I'm being very fatal. So 100% of the news that is put out to the people doesn't have a 100% link to the reality, (laughs) okay? None. That's proven fact, Mm -hmm. okay? It's proven fact. And there is another effect in communication. You put 10 people in a row. You say something, a little information, you give a little information to the 10th person in a row, and you tell him to give this information to the person in front of him, and to tell him then to give the information to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. I have done this so many times, right? Mm -hmm. You give the information to the 10th person, the elephant is uh, yellow, yes, and he's eating uh, a car. Okay? Yes. The first person in the row gave back the information. We were sitting in uh, Radio Ara mm-hmm. and had uh, having an interview. Yes. It didn't have anything to do with that information put out to the first person, to the 10th person in the row. So that means the communication also changed because when you put out something to someone, he is going to have his own individual understanding an interpretation of uh, the posture mm-hmm. of the uh, video images of the gestures yeah. of uh, of uh, nonverbal verbal uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. behaviors the words all of that so he's going to interpret his brain is going to interpret that and understand that in a certain manner and that's how he is going to communicate this farther on Mm -hmm. so that's why uh, the elephant as i said was uh, yellow and was uh, eating a car uh came out to be uh, an interview in radio era okay (laughs) so this is what's happening as well indeed indeed you're you're right 100 people listening to some news 100 opinions will be exactly and here we go to the next impact that's going to have a huge impact on the groups on families, on yes. cohorts in mm-hmm. the society, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, on the society, okay? Because if you look at the people, they are suffering from anxiety and pressure mm-hmm. up to depressions right now. 
because they are standing in front of many questions that they cannot answer anymore, which they need to answer in order to have the certainty, mm -hmm. the security, Again. and mm -hmm. the orientation. That's yes. what they need. These are basic psychological needs of a human being. Okay? The basic psychological needs are attachment and then security control. Yes. Autonomy. Okay? And then the self, which means self-esteem, self-confidence, self-concept, and so on, which leads to personality, identity, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay? So having said that, if you don't have certainty, oh, la, la, oh, la, la, right? And We're then lost. It, 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 yeah, you, you feel lost and, and that makes you insecure. And now if you're insecure, you're anxious. Yes. That nothing else. Anxiety is insecurity. Uh, okay. For me, because I'm from Moldova and in the moment the war in Ukraine started and we are geographically just <laughs> the next door. The next door. We were feeling much more than anxiety. We were feeling fear. And I guess Luxembourg is a country which is far away of this. I mean, geographically. It felt different, the things what's, what were happening there. And you were saying before that there is, a, there is a difference in between anxiety and fear, and it should be, uh, it should be there. So could you make it clear for those listening, listening to us? Uh, yes. See, uh, you people, you were afraid. Mm -hmm. So you are feeling fear. And people in Luxembourg, Germany, Central Europe whatsoever, they might feel anxiety but that's not fear nevertheless we always in, in language or languages we always use the synonymous you know i'm afraid i'm afraid uh, this is fear of this or this is anxiety mm -hmm, you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, yeah it's true the, the difference is when we talk about fear fear is the greatest uh basic emotion of all there are seven basic emotions uh when we look at the very initial uh, theory uh, of uh, um, the the 60s, 70s uh, uh, about our emotions, uh, things that you can see not only in human beings but in mammalians. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so Paul Ekman, Dr. Ekman, he uh, researched in that for many years with others, with Frank, etc. So they found out. At the time, there are seven basic emotions and the fear is the greatest of all because, of course, if you don't feel fear at a time of danger, yes. then you cannot bring yourself in security. Mm -hmm. So that basically guarantees our survival and our evolution. True. Okay, it's evolutionary. Now, that would mean that fear got to be linked to a real uh, danger. And if you're next door... There of is course. a potential danger yes. that this word just comes through the next door. We can we could even hear the sound of the bombs. Exactly. So, so that's fear. Mm -hmm. But talking about fear in Luxembourg, no. Mm -hmm. We can be anxious. We can have or feel uncertainty, insecurity, uh, disorientation, etc., etc. Feel a lot of pressure with that. Be impacted on a secondary level. Okay, but the fear of a potential war, far away. Yeah. Okay, I mean, how many thousand kilometers is it? True, right? true. 
So now we could extend it to, yeah, but that could be the beginning of the next world war whatsoever. Mm -hmm. This is hearsay. This is just hypothetic. And, and this is nonsense to do so because you're going to augment your anxiety. Okay, we don't want to go into something that is not there yet. We could maybe do everything to prevent, mm -hmm. right? But we shall not think too much catastrophic-wise. Because you mentioned this fight, flight, freeze mode of the brain, mm. how does repeated exposure to traumatic events disrupt this natural coping mechanism? Because there is a moment when we cannot deal with this anymore. Yeah, when you have the um, fight, flight, freeze um, state, uh, you are uh, in a basically state of fear and trauma. Mm -hmm. So you either got to fight something in order to survive or you have to flight from it uh, in order to survive or you come into the freezing. Now, I don't want to go too much into the freezing just to explain that mm -hmm. you freeze in order for the danger to pass away from you so yes. that you can still survive and, and you know... Um, when you're in that state, your brain is full of peptides. Mm -hmm. So the, the brain is in a limbic circle. It doesn't function in a normal way on a daily basis. It goes into a limbic circle, uh, which is basically, which, which means your uh, hypothalamus is going to produce CRF. Mm -hmm. It's a corticotropin releasing factor. Mm -hmm. Through blood circulation, that goes to your pituitary gland, and that is going to uh, produce another peptide, with the, which is ACTH, which is the adrenocorticotropin hormone. Those two are going to, blood circulation, mm -hmm. get to your adrenal glands, you know, and their cortisol is produced. Now, all of that cocktail is going to come back to your brain <laughs> and is going to fragment your prefrontal cortex, number one. So logical, analytical thinking, solutional thinking, and so on is not possible anymore. Mm -hmm. And it is just that subthalamic and, and limbic uh, circle. It's a vicious circle, basically, that is ongoing the whole time, Right. So you remain in that fight, flight, freeze, whatever mm -hmm. state, okay? Even at times, and that's explaining the PTSD or complex PTSD, uh, when the danger is gone and there is no potential danger anymore, you still remain in that uh, like a hamster circle, the... like a hamster, mm -hmm. you know, running in the, in the loop, and you are in that loop. Yeah, but so this is you a constant stress. Absolutely, because us... it's stress peptides. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and those stress peptides are literally eating up your neurons. So you're, you can have uh, irreparable brain damage from that. And that's what I see on my daily basis, yeah. you know. Things that, you know, a brain that remained in that loop mm -hmm. and in, in the trauma loop and... Uh, and, and people, they, they have a loss of uh, their potential of attentional allocation, concentration, concentration. working memory, memory and so on. So they are really impacted. And this is not reversible mm -hmm. at times. Uh, I would just like to stop a bit at the uh, doom scrolling as well. It's a 
notion nowadays very used by psychologists and those who are analyzing people, how they consume the information. Because we have now Facebook, Instagram, also TikTok, Twitter, what else? All of them, they project videos, which are on a constant rotation, endlessly going on in front of our eyes. And uh, we cannot stop. And there was a... Um, so the, the application, they're designed like, they're called like bag, bag of chips nowadays. We cannot stop. Sometimes when you watch the TV and you eat, your brain is not concentrating on eating, it's concentrating on watching, and we cannot control this. So this, the exact thing happening. Or the experiment with a bottomless soap bowl uh, in nearly 2000. In that experiment, a group of participants with um, researcher Brian Wansink, uh, they were eating, so received bottomless soup bowls and the bowls kept filling up without the participant knowing and they ended up eating 73% more soup than those in another group who received only a regular portion. So the participant in the first group didn't even realize they had eaten more soup or felt fuller. So why do we, why our brain cannot have that stop button? Why do we, your explanation? It's uh, funny you, you use the term stop button, you know, because that's what I wish on my daily <laughs> basis, you know, to have, find the stop button yeah. to push it for the patients, you know, and to get rid of all this. Uh, well, it's a very interesting topic and question. The thing is, let's see what, what is brain. Mm -hmm. Well, brain is an organ. And what does brain do? Well, except for uh, being the motor of this whole system, of this holistic system, uh, except for that, the main um, work and function of a brain is to um, uh, process information. Mm -hmm. So the more information you give to the brain, that's the food. So the more the brain is going to process. Yes. And the more the brain is going to adapt and the more the brain is going to be willing to have so give me more give mm -hmm, me more mm -hmm, give me always mm -hmm. more right why because something that happens is you give you feed your brain with constant information so you find yourself at the end in a in a information in an information overload what happens there in order to be able to process all that information the brain has to now produce new synapses, new neurons, and so on. And this is the LTP effect, the long-term potentiation effect that we talk about, right? So in neuroscience. Um, so the brain is going to now produce new uh, synapses, new neurons, and also new networks, okay? And now here is the problem. Now we are in this long-term potentiation because we have been keeping on feeding the brain with information and keeping up the level of information overload. Mm -hmm. The brain has adapted to it. Now, if you have two minutes of nothing to do, <laughs> you're lost. Yes. You're like, no, no, no. Let's, let's grab the phone and scroll. Let's look at TikTok. Let, let's, let's see whether somebody has posted on, on Facebook. Let's see if friends are doing whatever on Instagram. Let's see what's the news. So you keep on doing the same thing again because now the brain doesn't have that habit anymore to just remain calm mm -hmm. and have a pause. 
the brain is going to say, oh, hold on, hold on, something ain't right here. Uh, no information flooding. Uh, something is wrong. Please, please, give me information. Give me information. And that's exactly what we do. Okay? So this is, this is the effect of what's happening. Now uh, you're just telling and I'm just analyzing myself. That's exactly what I feel. Yeah. I feel lost when I don't have access to any screen, which is terrific. Or you go to TV. Yes. You watch TV. Well, I, uh, now I don't have TV, which is maybe... Uh, That's good. Maybe a better <laughs> improvement, yeah. But still, if I have a phone, it, it doesn't say anything. It, it's still, I'm still there. So how then we grab back these habits of our brain to, to preserve this calmness? Yeah. Long-term depression. So the depression, what I use here as a word, is a neuroscientific word and doesn't have, it comes from the neurobiology, doesn't have anything to do with the depression as a clinical symptom or as a disease, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the long-term depression is exactly the other side of the long-term potentiation that I mentioned before. Meaning, uh, now when we keep the brain at a calm state, after a certain amount of time, this construction company brain is going to say, well, uh, the house is built. No other house or streets are going to be built. I don't need the workers then. So I get rid of the workers. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? It's going to start to basically, let's say, get rid of or grow back uh, to diminish the amount of or reduce the amount of the synapses, the neurons, and the new pathways that it had initially created because of the information overload and information flooding. So we are going to go back to the normal state. Of course, this is not going to happen in one day, not in one week, and in, not in one month. Yes, it, 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 it takes needs a longer long, time. Yeah. That's long-term depression. Mm -hmm. It's long-term potentiation. So if we imagine how, how long we have been scrolling and flooding information to our brain, it has been over years. Yes. So we need somewhat of time in order to achieve that long-term depression state, okay? The other thing is we can have uh, strategies, alternative strategies, behavioral strategies in order to deal with this. Uh, one example is please stop eating in front of screens. Oh, yes. Not in front of the computer, not having your phone with you, uh, not uh, sitting in front of the TV or whatsoever, not even listening radio, yes. right? Just eat because now the brain has to go into another state, mm -hmm. okay? And that's your survival, you need food, you know, all that needs to be processed and the brain is going to take some time to sort of calm down, get into another state, okay? And be busy with whatever the body needs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Do yoga, do meditation, uh, have certain times uh, you assign work to yourself and have clear times you assign pause to yourself. I always have to laugh, you know. Uh, people are at the red light. Mm -hmm. The people in the car take their phone and they're scrolling. And the people, you know, that want to pass from one side to the other side. They also you know, do this. They are walking literally on the street with the phone in their hands. They're not looking left or right. They're on the street, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. They're not looking left or right. They're just watching their phone or reading their messages, whatever they're doing. 
it's just incredible. Do you know that in China there were, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a way, a path specially designed for those looking only in the screen so they can be, you know, not in danger, just safe walking exactly. that path. So it's like, but wow. Imagine how far we have come. Yes. Right? So we are constantly coming up with new things in order to feed a very negative habit. Yes. Instead of going back to what it was normal. Mm-hmm. Going Indeed. back to the to the healthy norm, so to say, right? So it's also about development, technical development, and so on and so on. It's about human evolution, I guess. But we just need to pay attention because if this goes on, 